Yeah, just a lot of good, good time of worship as always is. The Lord is more than faithful and more than worthy. He meets with us and speaks with us in profound ways. So I just want to pray here this morning that the eyes of our understanding would be open, that we would really hear Jesus, you know. Uh, we have a lot of other voices in our mind. We have a lot of other idols in our mind. We have our concepts in our mind of who Jesus is. And the Bible talks about wanting to take us from faith to faith. And our faith is continually wanting to be or needing to be refreshed. But we as people, the nature of people, is that we want to sit back on our laurels. We want to sit back and, and do nothing. And I think it even talks about that in one place where because we sat back and did nothing, it says our stink remains in us. We haven't been growing. The faith that we had yesterday or even five minutes ago is not, is not new. It's, it's the story of the manna. We like, we're, we're, we're gatherers. We, we like to be secure in ourselves. And, and that, that, that actually manifests in, in a lot of different ways. You know, we've got, uh, got storage places for all the stuff that we accumulate that we don't have room for. And we think, you know, that's our security. And so we like to say that we do believe or we have believed, but this isn't what God, this isn't a relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. And the thing that keeps us from really having a relationship, and we've talked about a little bit, this is going to be review, is that we're in a battle. And there's a battle of relationship with God and independence. And we as people since the fall are independent people. People that do not want to walk with God. Have no idea who God is. If Jesus, if, when Jesus showed up, not if He showed up, when He showed up, they didn't, they didn't recognize Him. And many times in our lives, because we've gathered a bunch of manna and it's got worms in it, and we fall back on independence rather than relationship and revelation of the Word of God, because faith is not something I like. I don't like, see, Paul says, and I'm going to start off by saying, in my flesh dwells no good thing. You know, that we're worshiping the Lord, and hopefully we should be broken. You know, good songs, because I want to talk about worthy this morning. And I was going to probably, probably read out of Oswald a little bit today because I, I thought he always puts things well. But it's an amazing thing when the worthy one shows up. We have a funny idea of what, what's going to happen when the worthy one, when the holy one shows up. In the end times, I mean, when he finally comes, it says people are going to be running and wanting the mountains to fall on them. They're going to run into caves and say, we don't hide us from, from the Holy One. But sometimes we get a funny idea about what it is, what it is when Jesus shows up. Remember, when we sin, our spirits died. Our relationship and our life with God was cut off. We died. Jesus, God said to Adam, in the day that you eat, not 166 years later, 600 years later, but in the day that you eat, you'll die. When we sin, it brings forth death. All of us have sinned, and today we've come short of the glory of God. There is nothing redemptive in me. There is no good thing within me. The only reason that I could possibly be here this morning is there's someone who is worthy. I'm not worthy this morning. No matter how good I sang, no matter how much I read the Bible, no matter how good or bad I was, I'm unworthy. But thanks be to God, He's worthy. He's, his, you know, he sits on the throne of the mercy, the heaven mercy seat. It's his blood. He's worthy, and we're here to proclaim his worthiness. 
but there's a battle. Because this flesh yet walks around on this earth. Still has some some temptations that go through, some trust, some, some desires, some independence. Some, there's a part of us that still thinks we can still do it. That's why, I was, I was talking about with some people, that's why children still th- want to be naughty from time to time. Because they think they can get away with it. We think that this time, I'm going to get Dad. He won't be able to do it. There's something in us that, and, and, and again, it's the nature of sin. See, what we don't understand, and many people don't understand the nature of really what the Bible's saying about law and grace, gospel and grace, the law. The law is not the Ten Commandments. It only is in part that. It's, the Ten Commandments only shows the nature of the legalism that's in the sinner. See, now if we get rid of the Ten Commandments, legalism still exists. See, so many times we try, oh, well, we're not under the law. Yes, you are, because sin still reigns in this mortal body. And we, apart from faith, are seeking to justify ourselves. And this is one of the great fruits or actions that sin produces in us. A constant battle between he who is worthy and he that has no need. I have no need of that. Now, we don't really come out and say that because in us somehow we've been touched by the Lord Jesus Christ. But there is a process of growing from faith to faith. The faith that brought me out of Egypt was not able to bring me into the promised land. Even though I kept the Passover for 40 years in the desert, it was not a living faith. It was counted as rebellion. It was counted as something not worthy that... Of, of God. And so each day as we grow, I, I come and I have to see the Lord anew. And we're living in the age of reason. Now that age of reason started about 10,000 years ago when Adam and Eve ate the fruit. They began to reason, even though they had revelation. Anybody here have a revelation? Hope everybody has a revelation. Get excited. This is, this is, uh, you don't have to pay for this, but this is interactive TV. You know, pr- maybe you get one of those things on the bottom, press number three, you know, and you can raise your hand. Um, Jesus was the original interaction person. He interacted with Adam and Eve, interacted with his creation. But we think now we got cell phones, we're really good. Anyway, digressed. Yeah. How many people here have had a revelation? No, we're still not. We're still. We're still. Come on, get. Try to get at least. A, hey, thank you. Thank you. We got one person saved. Hallelujah. Anybody else would like to get saved this morning? Amen. Anybody got a revelation this morning? You, you, we, we come walking around with the Bible. And you're here in church. If you don't have a revelation, I don't know what you're doing here. I mean, I wouldn't be here. It's a battle every Sunday. I'm dragging myself in. I don't want to be here. Wish you guys were all gone. When's the rapture coming? I don't want to go through this stomach ache, sickness, got to prepare, read the Bible, all that kind of stuff. Does anybody else have anything better to do? Yeah. The whole world's full of better stuff to do. Competition with the Lord. It's called football. It's called baseball. It's called staying in bed late. It's called, I deserve a break today. I work hard all week long. 
You know, and all those reasons are really good. Who could knock those reasons? How many... You know what has kept us from the Lord? Our reasons. Do you know why people don't get saved? Their reasons. Here God is saying, I love you. I'm going to give you eternal life. We go, no thank you. I don't think I'm a sinner. I don't think I'm that bad. You know, I don't think that's sin. Basically, I'm God. And that's the whole crooks of it. And we see, like, because of that age of reason. Like, again, it started with Adam and Eve. They had a revelation. You have a revelation. Sometimes we think, well, we, we know who Jesus is. Not enough to keep you. It's not enough to keep you. Now I'm talking about, see, what, what we are called to here. The reason that we gather together. The reason you still have a body. The reason that Jesus Christ came. The reason that we are not taken as soon as we get saved is because the Word of God almost entirely, I'm going to say at least 98%, deals with the things in this world. So when God wants to talk to you and you say you're going to heaven, you're not talking with Him. Because that's not what He's talking about. Going into the promised land had nothing to do with coming out of Egypt. Building the church has nothing to do with getting saved. Being holy has nothing to do with... But so if we come to Him, we have to eat Coming back to the Passover, we need to eat all of it. But we have some reasons why we shouldn't. Because I don't like that, and that's disgusting, and that part's no good. And my brother got the, you know, the lamb chops. How come I get, you know, the kidneys? <laughs> I don't like that. So we live in the age of reason. And let me, let's just let's put everything to rest. Your reasons, my reasons, are all great. And one of the big things missing in the Bible. One of the big things missing with Jesus talking to the people is a reason why. But all the time we're looking for why. Shows me that I'm not walking by faith. See, I'm leaning again on my own understanding. Now, here's the way it works. It's subtle. Remember that law, sin nature works in us. It's easy to say, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not onto your own understanding. But whenever I ask why, I've leaned on my own understanding. And here's what it does. It, it puts me on the throne that, uh, that I assume that I am good. And if God only explained himself, of course I would agree. That premise is wrong. That premise is wrong. Let's, I, read, I read a scripture this week. I'll turn to it in Psalms. Psalms uh, 50, 51. Psalms 51. I believe this is where David has fallen into sin. And it, now he's coming clean. There's so much... We have to walk by faith and by revelation... And that is contrary to the human nature. If I walk by intellect only, if I walk by what I can see, what I can feel, it is not faith. Amen? Amen. Okay. If it is not faith, what does the Bible say it is? Say that a little more powerfully with conviction. All right, it was sin. Are you a sinner? Have you walked outside of faith since you've had the revelation? Well, that means you're condemned to die. But thank God, we have an advocate. 
So should we continue in sin? No. No. That means we should walk in? Faith. Faith does not give a? Thank you. Okay, we're doing very well. Interaction buttons are all on. We'll send you a bill. For Interaction TV, you pay $32.95 this month. But don't order yet. You still get a ShamWow. I really missed my calling. I was supposed to be a hermit. But anyway, now I'm in front of you and I have to make a fool of myself. See, the very nature, the why, the reasoning factor takes the gospel and throws it away and puts independence back on the throne. Me. That somehow God does, I demand an explanation from God. Now, we, we, we say it in lots of different ways. Well, I don't see why this, this doesn't seem fair. How many people have said this maybe this week or this month or this year? I've been good this week. How come bad things are happening? Yeah. I obeyed. You know what? what? So what were you doing? Reasoning, which is? Yeah. Ah, but didn't it, see, didn't it fit you like a glove? It comes so natural just to argue with God. And we're coming from faith to faith. But the, re- the reality is, and David comes to this reality. After he sins, his eyes are open. He realizes, you know, he says, have mercy upon me, O God. And he goes on and on. And in verse, uh, verse 4, against thee only have I sinned and done evil in your sight. And then let's go down to verse 5, because this is something that it needs to be reminded over and over again, lest we think at any time, because of what Christ has done, somehow I am worthy. I'm not worthy. I'm only worthy by the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm only worthy by Him. There's no, I'm going to work it up. You know, if I read good enough, I come to church. Now, all those things are good to do as an exercise of faith. That we should grow in faith and that we should manifest God's purpose. But because of the sin nature in us, many times we start to walk away from the Lord and the relationship with Him and we start to build again the things that Christ destroyed in me and I now am trying to be good so I don't have to deal with this guy Jesus who's always upsetting my life. Now this we see very clearly with the 5,000 disciples. 5,000 what? Very good. They're what? They're not the homosexual group. They're not the atheists. They're not the unbelievers. They were... Any disciples here have had a revelation? Hallelujah. God is going to speak to you when? In the here and... Ah, you're pretty good. Hallelujah. This is great. I don't even know why I'm here. I'll send the Wii machine. We played with the Wii machine yesterday. Not as fun as it was on TV. It was pretty good. Have you ever noticed that things are not as good as they are on TV? You get him home the ShamWow, you know, I mean, I'm not knocking ShamWow, I love that guy. You know, he's got a great gig going on. I mean, he's got, you know, he's got his act together. Uh-huh. Have you ever wanted to be the ShamWow man? Yeah. Boy, I, w- how many have I, I wish I was as together as him. I mean, he gets paid for doing that. I don't get paid for doing this. <laughs> you know, wow. And all he gets up and goes, ShamWow, you know. Where were we? Oh, when you get it home, it never works that good. So, but I mean, it's fun. It was, it was fun. It was fun. But we've got this nature in us that's at war, that's not at rest. And here God is going is to speak to that. The 5,000, that's where we were. You got off the track there. 5,000, the disciples. They were what? Disciples. And we are disciples. We're being called from faith to faith. 
And sometimes in order to go on to the faith that's before us, in order to have a relationship with the Jesus that's before us, we ask, must be like Paul that says, I let go of those things which are behind. Sometimes our old faith was so good. Oh, do you remember when? Oh, I remember when. My wife was. My kids were. The church were. God was moving. Let go. Forgetting those things which are behind, I press towards the mark of the high calling that's within Christ Jesus. Those things that were count gaining to me. Have you had God bless you? I said, did you have God bless you? Obama can do it. I can do it. I don't know if you saw the speech, but anyway. Anyway. He's not any darker than me anyway. Anyway, God. Yeah. Anyway, let's have a drink. It was, it was lemon water, okay? Help me out. 5,000. 5,000. There was a lot of 5,000 people there. Yeah. Disciples, from faith to faith. From faith to faith, we need to be going on. And God's going to draw us. And the independence doesn't want to deal with this person called Jesus. Because he's unreasonable. Doesn't make any sense to me. Has your Jesus picked on you this week? Has he been unfair to you this week? Well, there's a lot of times we want to trade in the real Jesus for my Jesus. The Jesus that says, every day is my birthday. Uh, have you? Yeah. 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 You know. But the 5,000 are going on from faith to faith. They're following Jesus. Forgetting those things that were count gain unto me. Have you? That's where we were. Come on, stay with it. Got to help me out here. You know. I go more, longer than the ShamWow guy. He can get through in five minutes. I, you know, got a whole deal here. Help me out. Oh, count things. There we go. Thank you. The things that were gained to me, I have to count loss. I don't like to do that. It was my birthday. It's my present. I'm keeping it. Well, tomorrow's your birthday too, and he might want you to give you something else. But in order to do it, you've got to let go. You've got to let go of those things that were once so sweet. As a matter, Proverbs talks about, you know, we remember like, oh, in the former days when God was really moving. I remember, he says, those thoughts are evil. Our God hasn't changed. We like that our God's the same yesterday, today, and forever, but I wonder, I'd rather be two years old. God was really moving back then. You know, I remember when, well, he's doing, he wants, he's not so concerned about how you feel. He's not so concerned about wanting to give you a reason. He's not even so concerned about wanting to make you happy. He is God and there's a battle going on and He has called us by the blood of Jesus Christ into His kingdom to manifest His glory to the ends of the earth and beyond. Here and now. And this is where God is calling us to exercise this thing called faith. This thing called having a relationship where I'm having to leave those things Behind. And the, the disciples, the 5,000, were following Jesus. They had some faith. They, saw, they, act, they were following Jesus because they saw miracles. I, I told you about some of the miracles that I've done and I've seen and things like that. And, you know, half hour later, they're gone. You know, I mean, that, that was wonderful. They have them, but they don't keep me. Faith keeps me. The blood of Jesus keeps me. And many times I'm just following the blessings 
or the miracles, I'm really not following Jesus. And the disciples, and Jesus is looking not for 5,000. He's not looking for, I, I know this, you know, it's kind of strange. He's not looking for 20,000 people. If he was, he wouldn't have chased those 5,000 away. He says, many are called, few are chosen. A lot of people said, Jesus, we want to come and follow you. He says, you don't know what you're asking. I'd love for you to come and follow me. But there's some requirements. See, it's not just party time. Now, it can be party time because he does say his yoke is easy. But there needs to be a change up here for it to be party time. It means I need to... I wrote this down because it was it's kind of a funny word. I wrote it down somewhere. Oh, I need to reject myself. See, I need to reject every reason I've had. I need to reject everything when it comes down to walking with Jesus. Let me read a quote here, and then we'll get back to the 5,000. Remember, we're, we're there. Our insistence, this was from Oswald Chamber this morning, our insistence in proving that we are right. Why go on any further? Isn't that where most of us live all the time? Well, man, man, Pastor, you just don't understand. I, I thought this down. I, you know, I, Jesus was right. He thought it was something not to be grasped. See, we live in the age of reason, and it has permeated so much that it not... I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about the church, that we start to live in the age of reason religiously. It's called what? Sin. It's not a faith. Instead of really trusting God and obeying Him and having this thing called a relationship and having faith and glorifying Him, we insist on proving that we are right. Now, when I'm thinking about this, I've got two places here. Jesus made this thing, and I always kind of thought it was funny until this morning. This is some 36 years later after I've read it. So have, have some hope. After you're dead, you'll probably know a lot more. Jesus said, don't be like the Pharisees, that before they do something, they have to make a big ha ba bam ha or a blow the trumpet, make a lot of noise. bum ba da ba I'm praying. bum ba da ba I'm doing this. And most of us do not allow God to work in our lives until there's a big ha ba bam ha A big trumpet goes off that says, okay, now... I'm going to glorify my name in you. There's going to be some persecution. And this it doesn't happen that way. And most of the time we miss it. Because we're going through this thing called life. And it's in life that God came to dwell. It's in life that He came to walk with us. It's in life and it's by faith that the gospel is done. And many times the things that are going on are without a trumpet and we don't see the Lord in it because we're Pharisees. If we're going to do something for God, we want everybody to know about it and at least I would like to be know, know about it. But He doesn't work that way. He's just moving right along because it's going to be so easy to ignore Jesus. Jesus does not insist on His authority. He doesn't insist on His rights. That would be us. And that's what he's trying to say, that's not like me. See, that would only lead me into, at best, sin. At best, some outward washing, some social group, instead of really manifesting the glory of God. 
But, uh, you know, I mean, again, most of us would like to do, we talked about this a few weeks ago or last week, I don't know what it is, we talked about it at school again, doing, God having us do the impossible things every day. But there's no fanfare in it. There's not like, bum, ba, da, ba, okay, Micah, here I am right now. I want you to give me thanks. And what's going to happen? This is going to be a test now. This is only a test. If it was real, you'd already be in hell. This is only a test. Someone's going to come, and, and I want you to be thankful. Then we, we, you know, we might get it. Knowing myself and the depth of my depravity, I would say that's not fair still. I would say, why, do, you know, why me? This other guy's here. Why not him? See, I'm learning. See, the more, there's a, there's a saying by Finney, I believe it is. The more, I, the more in depth that I know that I'm a sinner, the greater Jesus becomes. If I have any hope in myself, which has to be rooted out. And that's what Paul says. He says, we despaired in Asia of life itself so that we could learn not to hope in ourselves. We think, okay, now we hope in the Lord. It's not that easy. He had to go through some such trials that they despaired of life so that we could learn not to trust in myself. I have too much trust in myself. I have too much hope in myself. And that in itself is a wicked thing. But I think now that I got revelation, oh, I got it figured out, we can eat the tree. Uh, now that I got revelation, that's okay, we, we'll sacrifice the sheep to God. Reason is one of the key enemies of faith. Our insistence in proving that we are right. So be careful. And it, oh, this is going to say it very good. When our, when the, our insistence in proving that we are right is nearly always an indication that there has been some points of disobedience. Now, did you get that? Do you want me to read that again, or did you get that? Okay, I'm going to read it again anyway. <laughs> See, but we, we don't look at that, do we? We look at exactly opposite. When I'm insisting to prove that I'm right, I'm proving that I'm right. We don't think that I've been disobedient. It's so permeated us, the age of reasoning. See, and again, the age of reasoning has been increasing and increasing. The French Revolution... The, 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 you know, the, the, the age of enlightenment. Now we're living in all... Oh, we just... We're so enlightened. We tolerate everything. Well, the danger is that... Remember, God puts borders around things. Even in, the, even in the Garden of Eden, He said, you're in paradise. There's no sin. You're walking with Me. There's no intermediate. There's nothing going on. You know who I am. And He puts conditions... When you go outside those conditions, there is no way you can be better than God. To be better than God is... Thank you. It's death. It's the devil. We talked about... We were in chapel the other day with the kids. I was talking about Delilah. Delilah's better than God. The world looks better than God. And that's what, that's what Samson says. I'm, I'm the anointed of God. And all you give me is these ugly Jewish women... That's what he says. He puts some borders on Samson. Remember we talked about, this is as good as it gets. Unless you're, you know. Whoa. And there's Delilah. You know, she's got the gold things on her head. Flowing outfit. Little belly shower. You know. <laughs> Come on, you know what I'm talking about. And there's Samson. This big hunk of a Jewish guy. But Delilah's got some other motives. The world doesn't care about you. The devil doesn't care about you. 
true love cares about you. His name is Jesus. See? And now there's this thing. How you heard it? Well, I'm not hurting anybody. What does that have to do with anything? Eating the fruit doesn't hurt anybody. No, as long as you're doing the privacy of your own home. You know, that makes good sense. To, I, I'm in. I'm in. I'll build a big home. <laughs> but it's not the Lord. But see, we buy into that, don't we? See, we buy into that. Instead of really glorifying God who sits upon the throne that says, this is God's Word. And it causes me to go through some great pain because I have to renew a relationship with Him and not be independent. And so, we have this thing here. Our insistence in proving that we are right is nearly always an indication that there's been some points of disobedience. So let's, you know, today, when it's happening, and it's not going to be a trumpet. It's not going to appear like God. I mean, why would Jesus, who came to fulfill the law and basically take us out from under law, keep the Passover? Yeah, I don't know. But he does. See, there's a lot of things in there that we don't get. But see, if there's no trumpet or no scripture verse or no spiritual reason, we think we're free. And then we've, we've entered into Pharisee, Pharisee land when God is going to walk with us daily in things that seem to be nonsensical things, which we live in this world, all of it's going to burn. All of it is nonsensical. Even the things that God says to use, yeah. He's going to destroy. The ark. You know, the people looking for the ark. Remember when that was a big thing, I think in the early 70s? People were looking to find the ark. They should have just asked my dad. He knew where it was. But... So what if they found the ark or didn't find the ark? It's a done deal. Let's move on. Yeah. You know, that was God. It's, not, it's probably not preserved. It's probably rotten. Do you know that your body, after it's gone, unless the Lord comes back, even then it's going to be transformed. It's going to rot. God's used it for a while. But he's going to, it's going to rot. You're just a rotten sinner. Yeah. You know. But we, 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 we grab onto our lives so much. That the, in order to serve him, we have to reject our life. Jesus said another way, I need to hate it. And we need to hate the idea of reasoning. Because reasoning is going to come up. And, and in all the parables, all the, the things Jesus gives, there's never a why. And we demand a why. Shows me I'm not converted. Shows me I'm not living to glorify God. So shows me that somebody else is still sitting on the throne. And amongst ourselves, and amongst in the kingdom of God, that needs to be different. See, now, I was, with, with children, I, children are really neat. Except for one thing, they grow up. But we're, we're kind of like children. That's why it says, be the children of God. See, the faith and the love that operates with a child and his parents is, is basically the same. It's only because we as people grow and change. God is the same. But the same God that loved you and saved you, and you were in love with, and thank Jesus for saving you, and oh, this is the best thing, hallelujah, is the same Jesus that's saying, that dress is too tight, take it off. Yeah, now, let me, I, I'm going to back up. I got, I got ahead of myself. I'm making the parable, so I need to make the connection. And then we think, well, who do you think you are? I, well, what's changed? I became, my independence has a groan. 
See, the same dad that says, come on, stand up, come, come in the child. Oh, yes, oh, oh daddy, he's <laughs> great. Oh, oh. Same, it's the same dad. The same dad, oh, now, your dress is too tight, take it off. Well, who do you think you are? What's happened? You, didn't, you refused to grow as you grow in your faith to faith. You wanted to stay the five-year-old kid. Well, probably five is even too old. The three-year-old child. That just, oh, goo goo gaga, goo goo gaga. Faith to faith. It's time to grow up in him. It's time to hear what the father wants to say to you. He's not going to go, goo goo gaga, goo goo gaga. As a matter of fact, Paul teaches us not to say that in church. He says, when you come together, we talk like a man. Now, I know I'm, I'm stretching that a little bit. But a lot of times we might as well be speaking in tongues in church and in our relationship. You're walking around, you know, like, come on. Our, our actions do not justify us, but they are the fruit of our faith. See, that child coming to daddy, he's exercising faith right there. You ever see the kids stand on my hand? They just think that's great. They're out there. Like, they can't even stand up. They Now, pretty soon, I'm going to make them do the same thing, and they're going to think I'm nuts. They're going to think I'm out to kill them. Well, what's changed? Did I start hating them? Paul says, now that I speak the truth, the same one that saved you and loved you and you thought I was an angel, now that I'm speaking the truth to you, am I become your enemy? No, you've changed. See, the faith that kept got me out of Egypt when God said, okay, children, remember I've been with you all this time, pillar of smoke, cloud of fire, manna coming down, you're not aging, everything's wonderful, I redeemed you, you've cried for 400 years, I brought you out of Egypt, hallelujah, let's go into the promised land, goo goo goo, we ain't going. And you can't make us go. Go ahead, just try it, they said. And we, you know what we do if we're not careful? You know, I, I think that's right, I think parents are a little overbearing. You can't make kids do anything. Um, that's why your parents, yes, you can. That's why children are born small. Now, I'm, I'm joking, but see how much that affects us? See, there's a generation that children will rule over this generation, Isaiah says, and it'll be a curse to them. I'm not talking about children, I'm talking about children. You understand. See, we could buy into the thing of reason. Or we could buy into faith that says, you know what? This is what God says to do. I don't know why it works. I don't know why it doesn't work. I don't even know if it does work. I just know that's what God has said to do. So I'm going to have to apprehend it by faith. See? So that as a child grows, as we're growing in the kingdom, we might have come out of Egypt. And that even didn't last too long. Have you noticed that the things that try your flesh really aren't that big of a deal? You know what the children, the children of Israel, they, they, did they forget they were having to kill their babies? Did they forget they were being beaten every day? Did they forget that they've been crying out to God? Did they forget? And what, what did they start complaining about on the other side of the river? You know, come on, someone say it. Onions! I, I know none of you are that petty. I don't make enough money here. I wish God would. Oh, you know, I've been working too hard. I don't know about this church. I don't There's no more goo goo gaga. It's time to grow up into Him. Go in and take the land. No, I don't think you mean I don't love, you don't love me anymore. I know you changed. No, you changed. I want the faith to be dropped. That's no good anymore. Now I'm speaking to you another word. Grab hold of that faith. There is no why.
There is no... And that, we find that even offensive to us, even as I'm saying it. That we would be required to do something without giving a reason for it. The reason is God. And that would be, see, that would be faith. If you have to reason it, it's not faith. Now, again, this isn't going to be the trumpet experience. This is going to be the daily experience that goes on. And we have to be wise, like Proverbs says, Wake up, you simpletons! How long are you going to love simplicity and stay in the goo-goo-gaga mentality? He says, how long wisdom is crying out in the streets? When are you going to see it? Stop waiting for the trumpet. Stop waiting for, this is persecution. This is a test. This is what I'm doing. It isn't happening. Jesus is going to be walking by and say, drop your nets. Follow me. No trumpets. No angels. No nothing. And a matter of fact, it goes on to specify, Jesus even talks about, in that time, there was all kinds of wacko prophets going around saying the same thing. Well, you've got to be careful. We don't want to be taken into a cult. Go ahead. Be careful. That's always helped you your whole life. Be cold, be calculating. Or, we could be like Paul, it might be a little beside ourselves. Might be caught up in the kingdom. No, I don't have any reason for it. I just know it's the Lord. I don't know why my dad thinks the dress is too tight, my hair is too short, I'm too fat, too whatever it would be. I just know it's dad's looking after me. That would be good. That's, a, that's an offensive thing. There's a reason why it's offensive. We didn't get to the 5,000. We're never going to get to the 5,000. They're around. There's just so much more. See, but the 5,000, they're following Jesus. They got the goo-goo-ga-ga. Wow, this is... And I believe they had faith. They were called disciples. And they followed Jesus. But Jesus now is going to speak to them another word. And the, the faith that had caused them to follow to this point would have to be left. And they'd have to make a reach of faith. And reason would not allow them to do it. And they would have to reject themselves in order to grab hold of this new Christ that seems so hard, that seems like someone I didn't know, that seems like totally contrary to everything that I believe. We were talking, I was talking with Aaron, and, and the, the, the thing came up. Most of us can see faults in other people. And most of the time our faults don't even necessarily show themselves as faults, we have, and I don't want to get, I'm not getting psychological here, we have like subconscious patterns of thinking that govern our lives. Without even thinking about it, we have certain standards. This is right, this is wrong. Let me just say this real plainly. Jesus came to destroy every one of those. Every idol you have in your life, every moral standard you have in your life, if they are not submitted to the kingdom of God, and to the Word of God, they're an idol. And it's going to be as simple as onions and garlic and your hair, because that's where Jesus is going to live. I remember, you know, he said, I, I used to be a hippie, for those that, you know, I, I, had, I had long hair, I had braids and everything. And, you know, he said, well, you know, Jesus would never make me cut my hair because it's no big thing. Oh, it was a big thing. <laughs> oh, it was a big thing. That, that defined who I was. You know, there was nothing better than braiding my hair and sitting in my front lawn, lotus position, from my conservative neighbor. He wanted to kill me, but because we live in America, he couldn't. I wouldn't do that in certain places. So who's wiser? At all. Glad to be here.
lived in other places. It's glad to be there too. At least there you know who your enemy is. Yeah. Well, you just got to let things take their course. Okay. So the 5,000. Jesus speaks to them. And what happens to the 5,000? They say, this is ridiculous. We can't. I, how many people have come to that place? This is ridiculous. Nobody would make me do that. How dare he say, now reason. You have revelation. We know that they were disciples. This is Jesus, the Christ. We've saw him feed the 5,000. We've saw him do this. But now he's going to come against you and say, wait a minute. Now, until we really embrace that in our society, I mean the church, in our relationship, then what we have is still independent members of a body instead of people that are living by faith that says, oh, not why. See, and then they, they actually got mad. They actually wanted to kill Jesus at that point. They wanted to kill him at that point. So let me read something now that we've come to that crossroads. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is who I am. Remember Jesus said that. Our Lord never insists on having authority. He never says you must. He leaves us perfectly free, so free that we can spit in his face as men did. So free that we can put him to death as men did. And that's what Paul, they said to you know, Saul, who's later called Paul. He says, Lord, who are you? I'm Jesus who you persecute. There was no whys, no reasons, no... He had to give up every moral fiber of his being at that point. He was so sure he was serving God. He later goes on to quote that. I was so zealous in my religion that I was persecuting that sect which we called heretics. And at that moment when Jesus called him, he had to deny in this world, in a real thing, his beliefs. And you have certain beliefs that you believe subconsciously and that God has got to touch them. He has got to touch the 5,000 who really only know Him on a very minuscule level. He has to touch Saul in a way that he's never been touched before. He's got to touch David in a way that he's never been touched before. Because if not, we call Him Master and Lord. And He is. But so many times we don't hear Him in that way. We don't because he's not blowing the trumpet. He's not insisting you know, that you do what he says. We, we talked about that last week. He allowed himself to go to the cross. You know, and in the worshiping here this morning, wow, you know, I haven't served God that well this week. You know, I've had some doubts. I've had some run-ins. I've been upset with God. You know, and he's, his blood is still... And I go, why did you do that? Well, he's got some hope. He's got some hope that the Father said, this is my plan. There was no why in it. Jesus, I want you to go to the cross. You know, the same father that allowed Pontius to have him whipped, the same father that allowed Barabbas to be let go, the same father that put him in a home for 30 years and couldn't do anything and had to stay there, the same father that picked a traitor to be his disciple, would he be able to trust that father to raise him from the dead? And Joe said it another way. 
It doesn't matter whether I live or whether I die. I must trust God. That is the point. It doesn't matter if you're comfortable in church. It doesn't matter whether you like to eat tomatoes. It doesn't matter whether you have garlic. It doesn't matter whether you like to do this. It doesn't matter. And as soon as we balk at the commandment of God for anything, let it be my braids or my hair, my tattoo, my glasses, my onions, the time I eat, the shoes I wear, then we have balked at God Himself. And we refuse to walk with him anymore. And we, as the disciples, may take up stones to kill him. God help us get out of the age of reason. I'll read the rest of that later in a few weeks. But it was like, you know, I I have these problems with the Lord in in my flesh. Because he wants to go deeper. In my flesh, they all know the good thing. But I don't want him to show me that all the time. You know, I think it's enough. Well, we need to do the impossible things every day by giving thanks. See, I, can't, I don't know how to praise God when things aren't going according to the way I want them to go. But it'd be like, okay, let's all, all look at your watches. What's it say, about quarter after 11? You see it, right? What if I told you it's 12 o'clock? You'd kind of say, ha, 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 ha. You wouldn't believe me, though. This is how plain God is speaking to us. We're looking at the watch, and it says quarter after 11, and God is saying it's 6 p.m. Which one are you going to believe? David. God was going to tell David what time it was. Because everybody else was telling him what time it was. There's Goliath every morning telling you what time it is. It's time for me to grind your bones and make bread and I'm going to eat you guys. I'm going to kill you. And if you don't know about enough, here, look at me. Ah! It went on for 40 days. They knew what time it was. David comes along and he gets, he gets told what time it is. He says, Who is, what's going on here? That guy's like this. That guy. He got told it was quarter after 11 because all the facts are telling you it's quarter after 11. But God said, it's 6 p.m. And you know what David said? It's 6 p.m. And you know what? When you start speaking the Word of God, don't you think you're going to get a lot of support? His brother says, shut up, you little brat. Does Dad know you're here? Who's watching the sheep? We know you're little. Wait a minute. Is that different than the, the, the gospel you have in your brain? You were expecting a trumpet. You're expecting everything to go well. God help us. That's the age of reason. David told the giant, Goliath, what time it was. It's dead time. (laughs) Jesus, what time is it? Pilate tried to convince him of what time it was. Don't you know I can kill you? Oh, yeah, I better smarten up. You know, I better get along with this guy. At least smooth things over. He's not living in the kingdom. And, you know, besides it. Pilate says, you know what time it is? It's 11.15. Jesus says, no, it's not. You have no authority over my life. <laughs> I mean, can, I can just see. I mean, do you ever watch the old Roman, you know, old Roman movies back in the 50s? You know, they got the swords, the spears, 900 guys. What do you mean he has no? What do you mean 6 p.m.? Are you nuts? Now, can we have Christ speak to us like that? Saul, what time is it? It's time to stop persecuting me. No, but you understand, I'm doing this for God. No, it's not 1115. 
I know you think that. I know you even can tell me the clock that says that. God is not concerned with that. He's wanting those things that we cannot see to run our lives. The things that appear are always there. Goliath's there. The clock is there. And our thinking has got to change because it's going to be our actions that prove or show our faith. And if we're going around going, it's quarter after 11, it's quarter after 11, there's no great glory in that. But when we start saying, it's 6 p.m., Noah got told what time it was. And he kept saying it's 6 p.m. for the 120 years. He was made a mockery. They laughed at him. I think his children probably had problems with him. I bet you he had problems with them. Self. I bet you those days, if he's anything like me, it's probably from that, you know, it's probably, well, anyway, we won't get into that. <coughs> he probably says, you know, if we work really hard, we'll be able to get this done today. <laughs> Didn't get it done. Oh, man, it was a bummer. It was 6 p.m. Even though the world every day was saying what? It's 11.15. It's 11. Stop. Stop. Why don't you eat some onions? Eat some garlic. Do your thing. Because we know that we're... Jesus brought us out of Egypt. That faith wouldn't keep him. Every day, in every circumstance, I had to look at the clock saying 11.15 and confess and act 6 p.m. Goliath is there. Could you see him? Could you feel him? Could you smell him? Yeah. And besides that, everybody else had bought into the system. Well, I think you're being a little too radical. I don't think God's really concerned. That's up to you to decide. If it's not that big a deal, what's your problem? The little things in your life are the biggest deals you face with. Because I believe when the big deals come, there's going to be a little bit of trumpet sounding. You know, when Jesus comes back, everybody's going to see him. We're going to go, wow. (laughs) You know, but when you have to discipline yourself, nobody sees that. Noah was on a different, got told a different time schedule. Jesus got told a different time schedule. Don't show me your watch. Don't say, are you crazy? Don't you see it's 11.15? It's enough to say it's 6 p.m. At that point, we have a choice. Eat my body, drink my blood. We don't do that. Subconsciously, things were running their life that needed to be changed Saul, in the Old Testament, never allowed that to take place. He still let that sin nature run him, the reasonable nature, that God gave him a revelation and a commandment to destroy everything. But he looked at the clock and said, it's 11.15. It's 11.15, what can I do? We have to be reasonable anyway in this world, right? I mean, we don't, we don't want to be radical. That drives people away. If people are away, they're away. You cannot drive them further away. It's like a dead man. How dead is he? He's dead. It's going to be... It's going to be the life of God, the resurrection of God that touches people. And we need to start resurrecting out of reason and start obeying and stop listening for the why and start realizing that there's other things. I am not talking about... Now, again, I'm not interested, nor am I talking about your salvation because that's not what we're here to preach about. The Word of God is not given primarily for that reason. It's given to conduct our our actions 
and our conduct, that we in this world may glorify God and live as lights in this world and become the body of Christ in a church that doesn't live by why or reasons or have independent thinking, but it's enough to say what time is it? It says 12.30. It's 6 p.m. And until we start confessing 6 p.m., that clock runs my life. Those subconscious thoughts and fears run my life. My moral agenda runs my life in so much that I can be so zealous that I believe I'm serving God. And God's going to come and say, it's 6 p.m., Saul. Stop that. And we see that transforms our lives. One final scripture. 1 Corinthians. This came to me this morning as we're worshiping. For the preaching, the preaching that I'm talking about, this is, this is a lot, this is the unpreached gospel, because who would want to talk about this? It would require something out of you that you don't have. It's going to take you out of yourself. See, 24 principles of prosperity, you can do that. I'm not even saying they're bad. I don't know how many there are. The make it to prayer, you can do that. Those things, if you can do it, there's no glory in it. God is asking for his son's life to be in you. The faith of the Son of... I, I no longer live, Paul says. See, a lot of us are still living with Jesus. It's me and Jesus. That stinks. It needs to be Jesus and Jesus. Yeah. See, I'm living with Jesus. He says 11.30, but we really know it's 12, so I'm covering for him. How many people here are ever covered for Jesus? Yeah. All the time. Because we don't want to look like weirdos. You already are a weirdo. You might as well be proud of it. David's going to be scorned. The preaching of the cross is to them that perish. Foolishness has the gospel, the message, the word of God, the word of faith, the new Jesus, whatever you want to say. Has it seemed like foolishness to you? Eat my body, drink my blood. Who do you think you are? Kill it. But unto we that are saved, it's the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. He's come to do that. See, but again, the age of reason, the sin nature in us says is that, does this. Oh, now that I'm saved, I will apply my intellect and all my good qualities to studying the Word of God, and I'll become wise in God. He's come to destroy that. That's an affront to God. If it was by wisdom, He would have come another way. He's going to go on to talk about that. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Usually in church. <clears throat> Has God not made the foolishness has, has God not hath God made the foolishness wisdom of this world? For after that in wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness. The message that we're preaching is foolishness. For me to tell you at six o'clock, you're going to look at me like I'm a nut. You're going to argue with me. You're going to tell me about the clock. You're going to tell me about the atomic time. You're going to tell me about the science. You're going to tell me you've always... It doesn't matter. It's foolishness. And until we embrace the entire gospel of foolishness, we're not going to turn the world upside down. We're not going to turn our mind upside down. We're not going to be able to preach the gospel because we don't apprehend it completely. The, the wisdom of God... By the wisdom of God, the world knew not God. It was the foolishness of preaching. It's got to be through the foolishness of faith. There's got to come a place that says, David says, David, a ruddy little youth, 13, 14, 12 years old, 
red cheeks, ruddy. Probably had blonde hair even. He says, let me kill him. You know what the scary thing is? The world finally said, we don't have any hope. Go ahead. But if we're not telling them the wrong time, the right time, they're not going to have any hope. For the Jews, now we all have this nature in us. The Jews require a sign, and Greeks seek after why? Reasons. We, for the most part, as Western people, have grown up in the Greek culture, the democratic culture, the intellectual culture. Greeks, Europe, so forth, that has taken over predominantly the world today. We also have the other, you know, you can, we, we can seek a sign. We do like trumpets. You know, I would, I would do it if God showed me. He's not going to show you. He's going to tell you what time it is, and it's up for you to agree with him. But the wisdom, the Greeks seek after wisdom. A why? Can you prove to me at 6 p.m.? No. Not even going to try. First off, I, I couldn't. Jesus could not prove that he was the Son of God. That's what the Jews said. Prove it. Can't do it. If we're looking after signs, if we're looking after wisdom, reasons, we're going to miss it. How come the Jews couldn't have Greeks and... Not Greeks. <laughs> How come they couldn't have garlic and onions in the desert? I mean, God provided manna. We've talked about this a lot. Why couldn't give him the buffet? He's after something different. Well, why can't I have? Put in the blanks. God is telling you something different. It's time to give it up. If you love him. Which he can only do himself. Because here it comes. But the preaching of the... Preaching of Christ crucified unto the Jews. It's a stumbling block. You're going to stumble over this message. It's going to be a hard message. You're not going to find something that gets within you and says, oh yeah, now I understand. It's going to be by faith. It's going to be by faith that grabs hold of the gospel. And to Greeks, it's going to be foolishness. I've seen people, oh, you're just an idiot. Oh, this is foolish. You can't tell me at 6 p.m. Everybody, you can't tell me to do that. You can't. Well, no one's ever telling you to do anything. We read that little quote. Jesus isn't insisting on being one in authority. You have to make them that. There's gonna, you, you're going to remember Greeks, uh, leeks and onions. You're going to remember garlic. And you're going to say, well, why can't we have those here? You know, here's a good one. Other people have them. Other churches do it. Well, that's why there's a door in our church. You don't have to stay here. Now, I'm, not in, I'm not trying to be rude, but I think it's time to like embrace what God's doing. Otherwise, we're just going to die in the desert. Oh man, it's great we're out of Egypt, but who's, this stinks. Being out of Egypt stinks. Going into the promised land, that might get exciting. You know. So it's time to get over the stumbling blocks and the foolishness of the gospel. Because the foolishness of God is, is wiser than man and, and the weakness of God is stronger than man. For you see your calling, brethren, how not many wise men, not many noble are called, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. The problem is... Sometimes after we get called, we start getting wise. You, you can't help it. You learn things about the Lord, you kinda, and that sin nature is in us. We try to play the manipulate God game. Like we said, see, God does not give explanations. There's either a yes or a no. How much of the fruit did Adam and Eve eat? Do you think they had more than one piece? Did they just share one? Did they have one bite? It doesn't matter. But a lot of times we try to play that reasoning with God. Well, you know, I haven't been too bad. You know, can you heal me because, you know, I, I was good. Well, no, you haven't been too good. Like I said, I'll heal one eye. Either it's God or it's not. 
Either it's 6 p.m. or it's 11.15. Don't whine. Well, Jesus, we'll follow you, but we don't want to believe that we have to eat your body and drink your blood. We want to follow you, but we want to bring the cow. We want to follow you, but I've got to go to my father's funeral. No! No means no. Stop reasoning about it because you think you know something. You think now you can tell time? No. It's time to apprehend Him by faith and start to practice the living Word of God that's going to crucify the Greek and the Jew mentality in us. That's going to, there's no, there, no flesh will be able to glory in His presence. And I believe when we apprehend the, 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 the foolish gospel, the cross is foolishness, then we're going to see the power of God. We're going to see things transformed in our lives that have kept us in bondage and have kept us separated for so long because we've got some, well, you know, I think he's a little weird. Well, you see, I don't, I don't really see it that way. I know he's on the 6 p.m. thing, but I, I'm not going to believe that. Well, you know, I don't really see what it matters, what I drink, wear, smoke, do. At. Well, no, it doesn't, unless you're hearing something different. But we'll go on to read Oswald Chambers next week. See, the, the thing is, he brings it out so well. The only way I can ever do anything is if I believe it's God. Period. And so I, I'm, I'm stopped at that point. And usually the battle is, I believe I'm God. Or my thoughts are God. Or, finish with this, that, and I'll just, our insistence on proving that we're right shows me, right then and there, that I've disobeyed in some point. Well, you see, we kept some of the sheep to offer to you. You disobeyed. Well, we were naked and you disobeyed. Well, you see, it, you disobeyed. We've got to come to that point. Yes, the promises are in Christ. Yes and amen. amen. Not yes and let me give an explanation why. No. And I believe a lot of that's my fault. No explanations. We've got to be a lot. We've got to love one another a lot more. Come on. I want you to walk. Not, well, let me tell you why you need to. You don't do that with children. Your hair is, I don't like your hair. Why? They don't say why then. Why? I don't like your, your, your dress is too tight. What comes out? Why? I don't think so. It's 6 p.m. Your watch is broken. Amen? Amen. That's the love of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. We're going to pray for Mahmoud. Mahmoud uh, is going back to Canada uh, tomorrow. So, and is in... Okay, um... I think it was a blessing having Mamu here. Let's let's pray for him. He's you know, and uh, so why don't you come up here, and we'll pray for you. Send you out in the, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Let's gather around. Amen, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Lord God, we just thank you for. Mahmoud, we thank you for all the fruit, visible and invisible, that has been wrought in you, in Turkey and beyond. Father, we just pray for Mahmoud, that you be around about him, you be protection for him, his reward, his blessing, that you guide and keep him and strengthen him, let him be used for your glory in the city where he lives and let our relationship grow. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. 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 amen.